Micah says, listen, don't miss the message that the most significant person who ever lived and who ever will live will be born in the most insignificant place, Bethlehem. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford, Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hillard. Glad you've joined us as today we begin a message entitled, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And as you probably just picked up, we're basing this on Micah chapter 5 today. And what a reminder that the most significant person who ever lived, the person of Jesus, was born in a place that most people would consider extremely insignificant. And I know many of us, as we think about, you know, maybe our role in this world and even in our place in, in our workplace, our family, we may feel as if what we do and who we are is insignificant. But I think one of the things that we can pull out of this message today is that God may use the seemingly insignificant things and people to accomplish amazingly significant things. And so uh, if you're feeling a little down today, I hope that today's message will be an encouragement to you. As I mentioned, we're in Micah chapter 5, so I hope you'll open your Bible and join us there as we begin, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Here is Pastor Ford. They were described this way, two crazy nuts who think they can fly. Now that's what was said of Orville and Wilbur Wright uh, by the people of Kitty Hawk upon their arrival in 1900. As a matter of fact, at the time they visited the community, it was a little bedroom community, and they were like set in their ways. Now, of course, we can't relate to that because none of us are set in our ways. And so this is what they believed. Uh, someone summarized their community like this. They believed in a good God, a bad devil, and a hot hell. Here's what they said to the Wright brothers. If God would have wanted people to fly, he would have given them wings. And so in other, they weren't feeling it. They were saying uh, that it was impossible, that it can't be done. And I don't know, I don't know about you, brother and sister Huggins, but I think you're like the Wright brothers. They decided to take the word can't and cut the T off of it and turn it into can. People of God will do that if God gives you an vision and inspires you. And so history was made. You know the rest of the story that on December 17th, 1903, the Wright brothers flew. They made history. And now you and I in this 21st century are still experiencing the residual blessings of their ingenuity and their stick to itiveness. Hmm. And so they were excited, and wouldn't you be? Do you ever get excited when God allows you to do something nobody else has done? Mm. I mean, Pastor Vaughn, he was sharing with us this morning, uh, he got his MBA. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you there are people who told him he couldn't do it either. And we got big dreams. I ain't sharing them. They're his vision, not mine. He got to say it first, but as soon as he lets it be known. I'm going to tell it everywhere. Yeah, and then Sister Henry went back and got her bachelor's and then uh, sent an email to her kids. If I can do it, then you can do it and your grandkids can do it. 
And so I asked her this morning, but she wouldn't tell me. She said, if, if I could do it at my age, they could do it at their age. And I said, how old are you? And she wouldn't even say nothing to me. And so they were excited about it, and you would be too. And so they sent a letter home to their sister and said, we've flown. But we're not breaking the news in Kitty Hawk. We're coming back to Dayton, Ohio, where we're from. And we're going to break the news from Dayton in the local Dayton newspaper. The world will hear that the Wright brothers have flown. And so she ran to the newspaper office, told the editor, my brothers have flown. They have flown and they're coming home for Christmas, just a few days uh, uh, coming. And uh, so here's what they wrote the next day in that newspaper. Local boys coming home for Christmas. Okay, well, somebody got it. The rest of y'all, y'all didn't get it because I, I, I do next day air and you are on parcel post and you'll get it a little later. Amen. But, but what am I talking about? Okay, let, let me see if I can get you with me. Anybody ever, ever scrape and struggle to give their kids some toys? Wrap them up real nice and then on Christmas, they tear open uh, the, the toy, play with the box and don't play with the toy. Anybody ever have that? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like you missed it. Here it is. History has been made. They've flown. And you put in the headlines, local boys coming home for Christmas. You know, it reminds me of a story I heard about these three brothers. They grew up poor, and they said, whenever we make it, we're going to take care of mama. So one of them uh, brought his mother a $40,000 diamond ring. The second one brought his mother $125,000 Mercedes Benz. The third boy said, well, mom likes scripture. She in love with Jesus. I heard about a minor bird uh, that can quote scripture and can say the books of the Bible in consecutive order. It's $150,000. i am getting mama that. So they sent them to her for Christmas. And uh, after about two days, all of them got the same letter. It said to Bobby, thank you for the diamond, but I'll never wear it. It weighs more than I do. Uh, th thank you, Larry, for the Mercedes Benz. But I never go anywhere, so it's going to sit there and rust. But thank you, little Jimmy, for the gift that you gave me. It was so practical. The bird was delicious. And so he called home. He said, Mom, you didn't eat the bird. That's a $150,000 bird. The bird talks. He quotes scripture. And he knows the books of the Bible in consecutive order. She said, well, then he should have said something. <laughs> and so often what we do is we focus in on the insignificant and miss the significant. Now, that's exactly what this text is about. Listen to it once again. But thou, Bethlehem of Frata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me. That is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Micah says, listen, don't miss the message. The message is that the most significant person who ever lived, and whoever will live will be born in the most insignificant place on the earth, Bethlehem, Ephrata. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, see, uh, 
Philip Brooks, uh, a early 20th century theologian and pastor, uh, did like I did. He went to uh, Bethlehem, but he went on Christmas Eve and stayed there on Christmas Day. And it so impacted him like it impacted me when I was walking through Bethlehem. You should have seen me. You should have seen me. Oh, man, it was like I had goosebumps everywhere I looked. It was like Jesus was there. I went and stood there. I said, Jesus, dude, I was standing here, too. <laughs> Where I chose to get baptized in Jordan. I don't care what anybody said. I know that's where he went in. <laughs> Amen. Right there. Right there. But anyway, and, and, he, and, and so he wrote about it. Listen to what he wrote. I bet you never heard it. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. He was excited, and Micah is excited about it. He talks about it, and Micah's name means uh, who is like God. Now, some people say it means he who is like God. No, it doesn't. It's a question mark in Hebrew. Who is like God? In other words, look at this man's name. He's saying, I done lived a little bit. I done been around. I've given my life to Christ, and I'm not one of those ones who got one foot in the world and one foot in, in, in the church, and my plan's going to split if the rapture ever happens. No, I'm not like that. I'm totally committed. I have found out that he is the only one he looked around and what he was saying is who is like God nobody that's the answer to that question nobody and I wonder if there's anybody in this room today who have done the comparison and you didn't seen this and seen that and been in this and been in that and you have come to discover that can't nobody do me like Jesus can't nobody do me like the Lord pick me up turn me around set my foot on solid ground nobody can do me like Jesus and that's what he's saying. Who is like God? Mm. That's what he's saying. And he wants us to know, listen, listen, listen. Uh, you wouldn't have liked him as a preacher uh, because he wasn't preaching those syrupy, sugary uh, sermons giving Christians uh, spiritual diabetes. Mm. Mm -mm. He wasn't doing that. He didn't give, he didn't give uh, sermonettes for sermon sippers. No, he didn't do that. You wouldn't have liked being in his church. You want to know why? Because he was gloom and doom. Read chapters one through four. It was gloom and doom. He had these three phrase messages. Cry or fry. Turn or burn. And then he would add a little bit to it, to a general. He'd say forsake or it's the lake. And I mean, I mean, I mean, it makes sense to me because some people you can't love into heaven. What you got to do is scare them out of hell. They got to realize, uh, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's better to go in a furnace of fire than be cast into the lake of fire. And so he says, listen, I, I got to give you this message uh, because if I tell you the truth, even though you can't stand the truth, I would rather tell you the truth and have God be pleased with me than to lie to you and have God hold me accountable for the fact that you believe my lie. Hmm. This is Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr. And we're going to pause the message right there, but we'll continue a little town to Bethlehem in just a moment. Hey, we'd love to hear how the Lord may be using Pastor Ford's teaching in your life. And there are a number of different ways 
that you can be in communication with us. You can always come to our website, click on the contact link when you're there. Our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org. And while you're there at the website, you're going to find links to social media like Facebook and Twitter. And if you've not done so before, I hope you'll like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We'd love to interact with you there. And again, you'll find those links at our website. But we do get feedback all the time, like a listener from Ohio who recently said, I listened to Treasure Truth for the first time the other night. I loved it. Thanks for your ministry and God bless. Well, Tammy, thank you for letting us know that you're out there and that you're listening. Again, our website address is treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. And so in the midst of gloom and doom, he inserts Micah 5 too. It's a powerful passage. Why? It's a Christocentric prophecy. Come on, say it with me. What kind of prophecy is it? Now, now, what does that mean? It just means it's Christ-centered. It's all about Jesus Christ. You know Jesus, the one who made God knowable, Jesus. The one who made our sins forgivable, Jesus. The one who made our salvation available, Jesus. The one who made our Bible reliable, Jesus. The one who made our prayers answerable, Jesus. The one who made our lives livable, Jesus. The one who made heaven reachable, Jesus. And the one who made eternity viable, Jesus. Jesus did for us what Don Lansaw did for his bride in Joplin, Missouri when a tornado hit and there were 200 mile an hour winds and they were under a table and they were both together talking and saying, I hope it doesn't tear the house up. But to their dismay, not only did it tear the house up, the whole house collapsed on the table and the table was about to collapse on them. So her husband rolled over on her. He was crushed and he died. I'm watching this thing on CNN and she says here's the picture of my husband I am his bride he loved me to death because when he knew that we both would be killed he rode over on me and took the blow and was crushed and I live he's my hero and I thought about it I got a hero like that because I was I was under the weight of my own sin about to be crushed and put in a sinner's hell and Jesus Christ covered me in his blood wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life and now now, because of what he did, I can live. Romans put it this way, for scarcely for a righteous man with one peradventure to die. But God commended his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, you don't understand what that means. That means while you had the white powder on your nose, Christ died for you. While you were putting on your clothes, getting out of the bed that wasn't your own, after having slept with somebody that you weren't married to, Christ died for you. While you was turning up that cavalry, smoking that joint cussing like a sailor all those things Christ died for you while you were his enemy Christ died for you and he inserts this and he lets us know listen you need to understand that Jesus Christ is the answer to every problem you'll ever have hmm I'm excited now let's look at this text I want you to notice the verse starts with but but thou Bethlehem of Frata. Now, you know I was going to stop on the butt. But I'm not going to say what I always say because you tired of hearing me saying, I know what he's going to say. Conjunction, junction, what's your function, man? No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to take you to English 101 because I already told you it's a preposition and you knew that. But did you know that but is also an indirect interrogative of intervention? Did you, 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 go ahead, say, huh? 
an indirect interrogative of intervention. Okay, let me tell you what it literally means. It literally means, but alerts us to this fact, that something is about to change dramatically because of what I'm about to put in here. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yes, yeah, something's got to change. Okay, let me show you. Now, now, you don't mind the Bible, do you? Let's do a Bible study. Now, watch this. Verse 2 is about a person. Isn't that right? The person is going to change everything. That's what the but tells us. Now, what is he going to change? Now, remember, I told you to read chapters 1 through 4, and you will find gloom and doom. I mean, here's what he's saying. God is putting the Board of Education to the seat of learning. He is whooping their tail like a rope like okri. They crying, I won't do it anymore. Please don't hit me. And God's saying, I ain't even got started yet. Any, anybody ever got a whip like that? You ain't got whipped till you got whipped by a mother from the country. And that's what God is doing. He is whooping their behind. And I don't know if you know it, but the Bible says judgment must begin at the house of God. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, wherein will the sinner abide? Okay, I done told you. Yeah. Anyway, so notice the person inserted. Now, here's what I want to do. I just want to walk you through verses 3 through 14. And I want to show you verse 2, the person is inserted who changes everything. Verses 3 through 14, I want you to see the provision because of this person. Now, of course, this is a millennial kingdom, but let me just put it in terms of us, if you don't mind. Verse 3. Because of verse 2, verse 3 says, God will reunite and restore us. Verse 4, he will refresh and care for us anew. Verses 5 through 6, he will ruin our enemies. Uh, verse 7, the remnant will bless others. In other words, he's saying there, there's a remnant and everything is messed up, tore from the floor up, but you will be the remnant and you're going to bless others out of the residuals of my restoration for you. Then, uh, verses 8 and 9, he'll reinstate your dominance. You used to be the head and now you're the tail because of your disobedience. I'm going to restore you and make you the head again. Then, in verses 10 and 11, I'm going to remove your dependence uh, uh, upon military might. Then, in verse 12, I'm going to wreck and tear down your idols. Now, wait a minute. See, that's one of the reasons they were getting the whooping in the first place. Well, God, shouldn't they repent of their idols? Here's what God is saying in verse 12. He's saying this. I asked you to repent, but you wouldn't. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to make sure that you repent. You say, wait a minute, how is God going to do that? Let me put it this way. I got to come get somebody so you understand what I'm saying. Here's what he's saying. He's saying you knew that you shouldn't have been hooked up with somebody who ain't hooked up with Jesus, but you did it anyway. So now, since you won't leave them, I'm going to have them leave you. And let me tell you that that is not a good thing. That is not a good thing. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Why don't you bring her back together again? Oh, Lord. Bring her back. Oh, Lord. She's my dream. And God says, no, she's your nightmare. You don't know it, but I know it. And I, I want her to kick you to the curb because you won't kick them to the curb. Uh, you know, because all uh, this fornication and adultery stuff is, you know what it is? It's an addiction to a person. That's what it is. An addiction to a person. So did you understand that? If you did, say amen. All right, all right. So what, what are you saying? He says uh, in verses 13 and 14, retribution will be made against the nations that opposed you. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, have you put Jesus in your mix yet? 
Yeah, let them know the reason your situation is jacked up and you tore up from the floor up because you haven't gotten the checkup from the neck up. You haven't put Jesus in the mix. So now you have the intervention at Bethlehem, Judah. That's what Christmas is all about, that God is about to intervene. And we ought to know that. Listen, listen, listen. If you have trouble with the flesh, Psalm 73, 26 says this, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Maybe your haters are, are wearing you out. Put Jesus in the equation and you'll be like Joseph in Genesis 50, 20. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He'll take their heteration and use it for your elevation. Ain't nobody praying with me in here. Ephesians chapter two, one through four. Chapter one, we were dead in trespasses and sin. Chapter two, we were depraved in our minds. Chapter three, uh, we were darkened in our desires. Chapter 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, saved us. Man, I tell you, that's exciting to me. That's ex even Jesus knew it because Acts 13, 29 and 30 said, they took him down from the tree, laid him in a sepulcher, but God raised him from the dead. Yeah, but God, but God, I don't care what your situation is. You need to put up, but God in that situation. I don't have a job, but God. Yeah, things ain't going well, but God, you've got to put a but God in that situation because that puts God in your mix. Anybody that wants that thing straightened out, got to put Jesus in the mix. Man, what a reminder. So what's your situation? I mean, where does Jesus need to enter your life this Christmas? You know, it could be at a family gathering. You know, it's going to be stressful, or maybe it's the temptation to make some pretty poor choices at a Christmas party. Well, we're going to follow Pastor Ford's advice and put Jesus in the middle. You're listening to Treasure Truth, and you can always find us online when you come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. And Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio. So that leads me to another question. Why do you tune to Moody Radio? Is it for encouragement? Is it for Bible teaching that you can trust? Or is it for hope in troubling times? I know for some, it's the practical advice on issues, ranging from things like marriage to politics. But whatever the reason, we're glad that you're joining us. And when you listen, you're like family, and we always enjoy hearing from you. You can always get a hold of us through our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on that contact link, or you can give us a call. I'll have our phone number in just a little bit. Well, as you've been benefiting from programs like Treasure Truth, now might be the time to give back by becoming a monthly partner. Because your monthly support ensures that the programming that you've come to depend on stays right here on your station, encouraging you and reaching others with the good news about Jesus. So I want to invite you to become a monthly partner right now by calling us at 1-888-644-7660. Or if it's easier, go online to treasuretruthradio.org. And when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, we're going to say thanks with a special 50% discount to Moody Publishers. You're going to have access to books by Pastor Ford, as well as other authors like Alistair Begg, Nancy Lee DeMoss, and many others who are Moody Bible Institute professors. You're going to find resources for every aspect of your spiritual walk as well. So become a monthly partner and take advantage of this 50% discount. Again, our phone number is 888-644-7660, and our website is treasuretruthradio.org. 
Well, I'm Steve Hiller, and our producer is Amy Rios. Tomorrow, we're going to continue our special O Little Town of Bethlehem message. So join Pastor Ford right here on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.